Hey everybody, welcome once again to the Race Nerd Podcast here on CKCC Radio. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. We got the Snowball Derby that has just happened last week. So it's not just happened, but it has happened last week. We also have news on drivers uh, swapping rides, changing rides, uh, changing sponsors, blah, blah, blah. All that fun stuff. Uh, we also have a long overdue Hall of Fame, which we'll talk about. And, and we bid happy tidings to one of the greatest motorsports historians out there uh, who is coming up on their retirement. But first, before we even get to all that, or even our pop quiznos for this week, me and Chris, Dan, Adrian, Jeff, Glenn, Jay and his whole crew, Eric, We'd all like to thank every one of you, fine listeners, for tuning in and giving us 5,000 downloads. CKCC Radio has not only hit, but surpassed 5,000 downloads in what is such a short period of time. And we would like to thank you all, and thank you all for tuning in to each and every one of our fine shows. Uh, some of them get in, just, just get into you and like really becomes like an addiction. Uh, yeah. (laughs) Um, but anyway, we would like to thank you all and hopefully soon we'll be able to give you news that we hit 10,000 downloads. That's that's what I want to see for the next coming year, you know, as we round out 2020, you know, we hit 5,000, and, you know, it's a, it's a, we could say a lot of negative about the year, but being able to hit that for us content creators at CKCC Radio, uh, that, that's, that's a big positive that we can take away from this year, is being able to hit our 5,000. Downloads mark, and hopefully by this time next year, and hopefully next year is a better year, we'll be able to say we hit ten thousand. That's the goal. So, from all of us to all of you, thank you for continuously tuning in and downloading and listening to us ramble on, whether it's music. Or wrestling, or The Simpsons, or needing a little motivation or spooky stuff in your life, or even just grabbing a chair and sitting at the nerd table. Uh, we thank you all for listening to us each and every week. Anyway, now that I got that said and went through our everything about us and our plethora of programming. We got a pop quiz nose for this week, and that is in 2004, this television talk show 
was the sponsor of Sean Woodside in NASCAR's Winston West series for the entire season. What talk show was it? Answer at the end of the show. So, as you can tell, I'm in the mobile studio. <coughs> and I got a little bit of a cough. And no, before anybody says anything, it is not Corona. It is a cold and... I've got a really bad problem with smoking. Kids, smoking's bad for you. Just, just doing my part, giving my PSA. Smoking's bad for you. It's highly addictive. Anyway, I, I worked last week, uh, so I did not get to see this, but last week was the Snowball Derby. One of the premier late model races in the country. Um, late model, which is run pretty much everywhere under different sanctioning bodies uh, throughout the continental U.S. Uh, you can even find late model races in places like Wyoming. Which the only thing I knew Wyoming, I knew about Wyoming is part of it. It's just nothing but trees, much like Maine here. Uh, they got a, their college football team is the Cowboys and is the hypothetical home of Dexter Loomis, the wrestler. Um, anyway, we had the Snowball Derby that wasn't in Wyoming, it was in Pensacola, Florida at Five Flags Speedway. And as I said, it's one of the most prestigious late model races in the country. Uh, it's been won by many, many famous drivers, like late model legend Bubba Pollard had won it. Joanna Long uh, was the first female to ever win it. Jump-started her career in by winning the Snowball in 2011, I believe, and would go on to run trucks in Xfinity for a number of years um, before moving down to late models and super late models. Anyway, she would, she would join a list that would feature Stephen Wallace, uh, son of Rusty, uh, would also feature uh, two former cup champions. Uh, first being Chase Elliott, who would be in this race, uh, and Kevin Harvick. Other drivers that have competed in here trying to win the snowball have been drivers like Chandler Smith, who also competed this year, Ty Majeski. Late, late model and iRacing driver uh, who currently competes in the truck series uh, most recently for Nice Motorsports last year. Um, and many, many others. Uh, it's the biggest race between November and 
the, the season finale for NASCAR and Daytona. It is the biggest stock car race in the month of December. <coughs> it is also one of the few races held during the holiday season. The other being the Turkey Bowl uh, in Wall, New Jersey for the Modifieds, NASCAR's oldest division. Now, the Turkey Bowl wasn't held this year due to the coronavirus uh, pandemic, so we did thankfully have the, the snowball, and what saw Ty Majeski win the Snowball Derby, uh, beating out Derek Thorne. Uh, I don't remember if Derek had actually moved up into like Arco or NASCAR, um, but Thorne is a longtime uh, competitor in those series, and late model series, I should say, and had probably the most dominant car. Um, he would finish second after leading 246 laps. And this year's 2020 All-Star Race winner and Cup Series champion Chase Elliott, a former Snowball Derby winner himself, would go from winning in the last chance qualifier to finishing third in a James Finch-owned uh, Chevrolet late model, uh, Phoenix Construction. Uh, for those of you who don't know James Finch, he was a long time. Xfinity Series and Cup Series owner uh, winning with Brad Keselowski at Talladega for Brad's first ever win. A, a very controversial win, I guess you can say, uh, as that was the race where him and Carl Edwards got into it and Edwards was on the last lap flung into the wall on the fence and started a little bit of a feud between the two, um, but uh, Finch had been around a long time in the sport, uh, was a championship owner. No, he was not a championship owner, I apologize for that. I had, I had, I had my, uh, my owner switched up. <laughs> I thought he had won in 2000. Uh, but obviously he didn't. Um, anyway, so we had a really good snowball derby with a lot of flair, a lot of talent. Um, Kyle Busch was in it. He would finish in the top 10 truck series. Regular Grant Infinger would finish eighth in a Archie St. Hilaire uh, from right up here in Maine. Uh, would be owner of the car, but the car would be prepared by Belfast's own, or technically he's from Morrell, um, Travis Benjamin. Uh, Travis, who, who knows a thing or two about winning uh, late model races, as he is a former multi-time Oxford 250 winner. Uh, that, that, was, that was really great to see, and I'm glad Grant gave him a really good uh, ride for Archie and the main contingent uh, so I was actually kind of excited about that um, 
Majeski, who has bounced around. He's been one of those can't-miss talents, but just hasn't found a permanent slot anywhere um, in the sport. I think this kind of solidifies that he is that kind of talent and that he is that damn good. Anyway, um, other notables in the race are Chan were Chandler Smith, who we'll talk about. Uh, but one noticeable name who missed the um, missed the race, sorry, was Noah Gregson, uh, Xfinity Series regular, and supposedly heir apparent to the one car for Ganassi Racing when. Kyle Busch retires. So yeah, so that was that was the Snowball Derby. Snowball is fun, but like I said, I didn't see it last week because of how my work schedule was. Uh, therefore, I chose not to order it. Uh, I'm sure you can probably catch it on YouTube. Um, that's what I what I would suggest. If you really want to see it, or even if it may be in parts, but I haven't, I really haven't had a chance to sit down and watch. So, um, moving on, oh, Chandler Smith, one of the drivers that was entered into the Snowball Derby, has a full-time ride next year, and that is he will be driving the number 18 Safe Light, Safe Light Wind. Uh, Auto glass repair. I'm sure you've seen their commercials on TV. Uh, Safe Light will be sponsoring him for a full season in the number 18 truck for Kyle Busch Motorsports and would be replacing Christian Eckes in that ride, uh, leaving Eckes to look elsewhere. There's uh, other rides that have been rumored to him joining, uh, but nothing concrete. <coughs> but he's not the only driver that's out and looking. Is It's rumored that Anthony Alfredo, uh, who has been doing pretty good in uh, a part-time gig for uh, Richard Childress Racing, is rumored to be heading to the Cup Series to take the number 38 car that John Hunter Nemechek was driving before he moved down to run a full season for Kyle Busch in their other full-time ride, the four truck, and we talked about that last week. But Alfredo was looking at taking that uh, front row motorsports ride and will actually <coughs> Be replaced in what was a part-time ride last year that was split between him and many other drivers including Kaz Grella uh, with Mayat Snyder not Matt Snyder but Mayat Snyder uh, son of pit road reporter Marty Snyder uh, so uh, Snyder will be coming with sponsorship, full-time sponsorship from uh, Tax Prep Program Tax Slayer, uh, which 
Dax Slayer's been a longtime sponsor in the sport uh, with many teams, uh, most notably with uh, Junior Motorsports on a part-time deal, and also with the old uh, TRG Racing Team, the 71 uh, in the Cup Series that had Bobby Labonte run it for a part-time deal. So we got we got that, and then on we got some news. Uh, that kind of ties into both IndyCar and NASCAR. Uh, pretty much is the announcement of a second car for uh, Chris R. in R Motorsports. Uh, we talked about Brett Moffitt taking that ride full-time and leaving the truck series. Uh, Moffitt will have a teammate at Daytona for the first Daytona race. We will see We will see, uh, sorry, name block, uh, Tyler Reddick, I apologize, two-time Xfinity Series champion. We'll see him run the unnumbered Chevrolet as a teammate to Moffitt, and then as the rumor stands right now, and it's hasn't heard anything to the contrary, is that IndyCar driver... Santino Ferrucci will be running that car after Reddick vacates the seat after Daytona. He'll be running that in up to 20 races to coincide with his full IndyCar schedule, uh, driving for Dale Coyne Racing. And I think this is kind of big because Ferrucci is a is a talented young man, and while he is a controversial figure on the open wheel side. Uh, not so much in IndyCar, but uh, when he was racing in Europe, he kind of drew the ire of some of his competitors there. Uh, I think that he is the guy who would be the, be the best fit for moving to NASCAR. I think that may be his bread and butter. We'll see how well he does. I'm assuming if this deal goes through, you're going to see him in all the road races like Circuit of Circuit of the Americas, Road America, uh, the Rovals, um, and any other road course that Xfinity races on. Uh, so, Speaking of IndyCar, we've got a we got a couple of cool tidbits, I guess. Um, first is Juan Pablo Montoya will be returning to the Indianapolis 500. Uh, JPM, who is one of the most decorated drivers in motorsports today, uh, and one of the most notable, uh, will be running. The Indy 500 as a teammate uh, at at uh, McLaren Schmidt Peterson Racing, um, running as a team car to Pato Award and another driver there. Um, drawing a blank. 
on, on awards teammates. It was Oliver Askew previously, but I don't know who it is currently. Um, anyway, JPM has five starts in the in the yard of bricks. And out of those five starts has two wins. The first with Chip Ganassi Racing, and then again with Team Penske. Um, so that is a huge, huge deal. Uh, and it would be great to to see Juan Pablo, because Juan Pablo whether you love him or you hate him, or, or kind of fall in between like I do. Uh, he is a world certified talent. He has won the Indianapolis 500. He is won in stock cars. He is won obviously in the Cup Series and the Xfinity Series. One in the old kart series, and even has wins with McLaren in Formula One. So this reuniting uh, is, is special in all sorts of ways, and then I'm actually really excited for it. Um, I think this may be the most exciting IndyCar year uh, in 2021, as we've had in a long, long time. Other IndyCar news sees Colton Herta, second generation driver, uh, leaving the 88 team that he has driven for uh, for pretty much his entire IndyCar career. The Harding Steinbrenner team, uh, which last year partnered up with Andretti. Um, Herta will be moving to the big team will be moving to Andretti Autosport uh, with the number 26 car and sponsorship from Gainsbridge, a, a sponsor that they helped that came into the sport a few years ago with their driver, Zach Veach. Um, this was Veach's ride until towards the end of last year where he was replaced in the final three races with the mayor of Hinchtown, James Hinchcliffe. Uh, and Herta will be moving on, but that doesn't mean that the Harding, Steinbrenner, Andretti uh, team will fold as they are already looking at another driver to replace them. Uh, names that I've heard out there have been Oliver Askew, among others. And I think for a smaller team, <coughs> with that help with Andretti Racing, it would be great for another younger driver or another driver who wants to, you know, hit the reset on their career. So I'm actually kind of excited for that prospect as well, you know, whether we have Askew or whether uh, Hinchcliffe finds a full-time ride with them. Or, or anything, you know, because there are certain drivers who I think really would um, benefit from this. Uh, so, 
we got all that um, other news out of the IndyCar world, and that is that Helio Castro Neves, who came back last year to drive for McLaren Arrow after after Oliver Askew um, vacated the seat uh, for Helio, um, and that the three-time Indy 500 winner, Helio Castro Neves, uh, will uh, actually has been announced for the Team Penske Hall of Fame. Now, everybody knows that Roger Penske, and no matter what series he's in, he attracts the best talent possible. It gives them the best equipment, and um, they uh, provide some of the biggest uh, wins. Anyway, that Roger Penske didn't didn't come into the sport to lose money, and their their teams in whatever sport they've been in have been the best of the best. Well, they have a Hall of Fame which honors the best of the best of the best. Um, and Helio was inducted as their 2020 inductee. Um, other names that are in the Penske Hall of Fame are the late Mark Donahue, the first driver that Roger Penske had hooked up and won championships with in the Can-Am series, uh, IndyCar, uh, he's won in NASCAR. Um, Mark Donahue was an all-around racer and certainly one of the best before his untimely passing. Uh, Rick Mears is another won a uh, four-time, won the only four-time uh, Indy 500 winners. The only others are uh, Al Unser Sr., uh, who won the 1987 Indianapolis 500 as an, originally as a alternate uh, to uh, the Flying Onion, Danny Ungaius. Uh, who was, well, the Flying Hawaiian, sorry. I don't know where Onion came from. Anyway, the Flying Hawaiian, Danny Ungaius, who was injured uh, prior to the start of the Indianapolis 500, now Unser hopped into that seat and won the race for his fourth ever win. Uh, he did that in a Penske. Uh, and A.J. Foyt the only four-time winner to ever, never drive, never ever drive for Roger Penske. Not that there is animosity between the two, but um, AJ had always driven his own equipment. Um, other drivers who are in there are Rusty Wallace, uh, who he founded what was then Penske Racing South which ended up just merging into Team Penske's NASCAR racing arm, which he had won a majority of his career with Roger Penske, um, but was never able to lock down a championship with them until he retired in, and until his retirement in 2005. That would be another driver 
who would drive the Blue Deuce that would bring that title, and that would be Brad Keselowski in 2012, just seven years after Rusty's retirement. So, it's actually exciting for Helio, who is probably, who is certainly one of the most enthusiastic drivers um, in the IndyCar paddock. Uh, so, congratulations to uh, Mr. Mr. Castro Nevis, and we do gotta wish uh, Daniel Davidson um, of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway a very, very happy retirement and a big thank you as he was a long time, long time member of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. He was the official track historian. He, um, there was so much knowledge with with that man and he was the voice of any historic event uh, if you ever listen to uh, IndyCar radio whether it's on their app or over the air or any of the radio um, simulcasts of the Indianapolis 500 uh, he was the stat man, the fact checker the overround, all around track historian. Uh, there's nobody who knows more about the Indianapolis Motor Speedway than him. Uh, not Roger Penske, who has won there an obscene amount of times. Not um, Paul Page, longtime track announcer. Not Mark James, and not the late Sid Collins. Uh, David Donahue knows more about that track than anybody. Uh, so, we thank you to Mr. Donaldson. And, yeah, so we got all that. I think we covered everything. Um, we did not, I take this back, um, apologize as COVID is already affecting the 2021 schedule which is that we will not see <coughs> the last two mile race at Fontana in 2021. As the schedule has shifted, they will run the road course at Daytona for the second week of the, of the season instead of heading out to the Silver, the the land of the silver screen in California. Uh, Auto Club, which was supposed to hold their final two-mile race, then after that was supposed to be turned into a half-mile track. It looks like that'll wait another year. So, 2022 will be the final race, and that by 2023 there'll be a short track. Um, so far, they're the only thing that has changed. Uh, another change that has happened, which has got a little bit of people up in arms, but not me, is that while Darlington will hold two races this year, which 
last year out of necessity they did uh, due to the pandemic they will hold two races this year the first time that they've been scheduled for two races in many many a year uh, they will be running their very popular throwback race on Mother's Day weekend which is to give more importance to the first round, the first race in the first round of the playoffs, and to not put too much attention on one or the other. They want to kind of make the throwback weekend its own thing and make the opening of the playoffs their own. Uh, so I, I think this is great. I thought having it on the Southern 500 while it is an awesome idea I think just with the first round of the playoffs it was a little much I know people are up in arms saying that they're ruining tradition, but Here's the thing the Southern 500 is not moving off of Labor Day Wherever you want to move the throwback weekend doesn't matter because it's not it's only been around five or six years and when it comes to when it comes to the throwback weekend i'm more out with them moving that than moving the date of the southern 500 or moving the southern 500 to may per se um, i guess i'm just a purist that way it was always uh, Daytona held in February. The Coke 600 held on the day before Memorial Day. The same day as the Indianapolis 500 and the Grand Prix at Monaco. And then on Labor Day, you would have Labor Day weekend, you would have the Southern 500. Those are my purest things. Um, and they're not changing any of those, so I'm all good with it. Um, we'll see what, what the next meltdown is, because as of right now, the schedule is set. Uh, race times uh, and channels are all set, but as we saw with 2020, things can change, and that's the whole of it, you know, with this pandemic going around. We've already seen Fontana fall by the wayside. Uh, we may see other tracks fall by the wayside or be swapped around. Uh, it's going to be very interesting how 2021 acts and if the throwback weekend is going to be the biggest issue for many fans, then I don't know what to say. They're, they're going to be in for quite a way to treat or disappointment depending on how you look at it uh, with um, 2021 so and that with that said I'm going to do my own throwback and that's throwback to the beginning of the show where I dropped the pop quiz notes which asks which television talk show once sponsored Sean Woodside in 2004 in NASCAR's Winston West series. Now, if you go through all the television, 
daytime talk shows that there were. You know, you have obviously Oprah and many, many others. Jenny Jones. Although I don't think Jenny Jones is on the air at that time. Don't ask how I know about Jenny Jones or Ricky Lake. Never really watched them. But this one I did watch, and that is the, the talk show that was featured on Sean Woodside's car was none other than the Jerry Springer show. Yes, that Jerry Springer. The chairs throw in, you slept with my brother's cousin's uncle, uh, punching. Big bouncer Steve coming out. Jerry with his moment of zen at the end of the show. That Jerry Springer show. That train wreck of a program was sponsor of Sean Woodside in 2004. And not only that, was also a sponsor of Kevin Richards, another uh, Winston West series driver, uh, where the shows were you know, obviously bankrolled through whatever production companies they were. They, um, out of California, they thought it would be a great idea. And it's certainly one of the more obscure yet hilarious sponsors in the world of NASCAR. So I definitely, uh, I definitely had to pop this one down when I saw it and I got a kick out of it. And, um, so, there, there we go. There is this week's trivia question and answer. Uh, so, I'm going to wrap this up before I start rambling. Um, because I've been on the road for quite a while. 38 minutes now. Talking to you guys. Safely on a handheld set. Or on a hands-free set, not a handheld. Um, on a hands-free set. Stuck behind somebody from Oklahoma. Boy, are they lost. Anyway, they're probably trying to find a racetrack. And I'm Matt Hardman, and I'll see you at that track. Until next week, bye bye